Chazal tell us that in the Zechus of Nashim Tzitkaniyos, we were redeemed from Mitzrayim, and I don't think that it's a coincidence that most of us, I speak for the men, would not be able to make Pesach were it not for the efforts of our Nashim Tzitkaniyos. And at this uh, sensitive time of the year, when most people are schlepping out garbage bag after garbage bag uh, from their home, we have to express our Karasatayv to Paul, and particularly to Lisa, uh, for inviting us so graciously uh, once again into her, her home. And it's our tefillah that in the zuchus of the Nashim Tzikhaniyos of this home and of our, all of our homes, which should be Zayichet Haka to a Geula again, B'mher V'yomeinu Amen. Many of the minig at the outset of the Seder uh, to mention, to recite the 15 different sections or parts or stages of the Haggadah. And Abu Draham writes that these 15 stages uh, sections correspond to the 15 stanzas in Dayenu, which in turn correspond to the 15 Prakim in Tehillim that begin Shir HaMalois. That's why we preface Dayenu with Kama Malois, Toivois, Lamokum Aleinu as a reference to the fact that these 15 stages correspond to the 15 Prakim in Tehillim that begin Shir HaMalois. Kama Malois, Toivois, Lamokum Aleinu. So Abu Draham writes that these 15 stages correspond to the 15 stanzas of Dayenu, which in turn correspond to the 15 Prakim and Tehillim, which begin with Shir HaMalos, and continues the Abu Draham, that this corresponds as well to the 15 steps that led into the Beis HaMikdash. And therefore, writes the Abu Draham, at the Lel HaSeder, we have the opportunity to connect with the Rebani Shalalim in a way that uh, is usually reserved for the Beis HaMikdash. We can have that kind of intense experience and connection with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And the vehicle that makes this uh, all possible is the Haggadah. The Haggadah allows, uh, allows us uh, to take this uh, magical night and uh, tr- to, to transport ourselves to a different time, a different place, and to re-experience Yetzirah Mitzrayim together with our families, with our, our, our friends and our children on a personal level. And the reason why the Haggadah is called the Haggadah, the Malbim explains, is based on the Pasuk, and you shall tell your son on that, they saying, and the means through which we fulfill that pasuk, it's the text of the Haggadah, so it's referred to, it's referred to as the Haggadah. But writes the Malbim that there's a difference in connotation. The Malbim, of course, is one of the experts in the Hebrew language, in Lashon HaKadosh. Writes the Malbim that there's a difference in connotation between the word Sipor, as the Luman Tesafer, Ba'oznei Bincho, Ben Bincho, Esasher, Yishalalti, B'Mitzrayim, and the word Haggadah, the mitzvah of Higadat Olabincha by Yoimahulaymor, says the Malbim Sipor means to retell, or perhaps even to relive on a personal experience, a personal level, to re experience Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. However, Haggadah, says the Malbim, means not only to retell a story that's familiar, but Haggadah means to reveal uh, details that might not have previously been known. Not to retell, but more to explain. That's why the Malbim says, Eidus, testimony is referred to in the Chumash and Parashas Vayikra as Imloyogid Venasa Avoyna, as Haggadas Eidus. Because the purpose of testimony is not to tell us facts that we already know about. We know it already. The purpose of Haggadas Eidus, says the Malbim, is to tell us things we didn't know, to explain, to connect, 
to reveal things, to explain things that we might previously have been confused about. And that's the purpose of the Haggadah, not only to retell the story, but to teach us to explain things that we might not previously have known, the things that we might have been confused about in the past. And what I would like to do tonight is to focus on uh, one stage of the Haggadah, which perhaps we have overlooked, or perhaps we have glossed over in the past, and to uh, scratch a little bit beneath the surface at some meaning that might lurk beneath uh, the text of the Haggadah, which Emir Hashem will give us perspective, new perspective, not only on that part of the Haggadah, but perhaps in the Haggadah in its entirety, perhaps on the Lel HaSeder and our Avodah on this, uh, on this very special night. The Gemara <coughs> tells us in Mesef Psachim. And Dav Kufiyu Daudim Abeis, that the reason why we perform karpas, we take a, vish, a vegetable whose broch is bari priyadama, and we dip it in salt water, as we'll see, in some other uh, substance, somehow not in salt water, is kadeshi akiru hatinokas v'yishalu, is in order to uh, uh, pique the curiosity of the children, to encourage them to participate and to ask questions. And in that sense, it's very similar to what the Gemara has in Daf Kuf Tesemadalf, another practice that we have at the Seder of Chait Venes HaMatzis. We steal the matzis, you hide Daf Yachatz, and then it's stolen by the children throughout the night, Yishanu, so that they shouldn't fall asleep. Or the Gemara tells us himself in Daf Kuf that we also are Oikeres HaShulchan. We remove the table at different points throughout the Seder. <coughs> Again, Kadeshi Akiru Hatinoikas V'Yishalu. The Rishayim already know that we don't have private tables at the Seder that we can remove, so this is uh, fulfilled, this has been supplemented, you know, uh, this has been uh, substituted by removing the Ka'ara, the Seder plate, from the table at different points throughout the Seder. But even that, the Mishnah Bura quotes from the Magan Avram, and it's found in the Shulchan Aruch Harav as well, that many don't have that minig either, because our Seder plates are for the most part ceremonial. If we remove it from the Seder, the children uh, don't care. No, no one was going to eat from the Seder plate anyway. So, so Magan Avram says some don't have this minig. The Mishnah Bura contends that we should maintain the minig. But that's where Karpas uh, fits in. That's the category, the genre, in which we usually uh, should have expected to find Karpas. It's one of those things that we do at the Leil HaSeder to pique the interest of the children, to encourage them uh, to participate, uh, to arouse them uh, to, uh, out of sleep, and to make sure that they're awake for the rest of the Seder. However, the Rambam in Perichas of Hilchus Chametz Umatzah Halacha Beis writes that even though, with regards to the Ka'ara, it's enough if just the Kaira, the Baal HaSeder, has a Seder plate which is sometimes removed and put back, when it comes to the Karpas, says the Rambam, every person at the Seder has to participate, has to eat the Karpas. Not only that, says the Rambam, but everybody has to have a Kezayis of the Karpas. So, goes Maimonius asks on the Rambam, this is uh, unusual in two ways. Number one, why the disparity? How come it's enough to have one ka'ara for the Baal HaSeder? That's enough. We remove the ka'ara, put it back. That will pique the interest of the children. They'll ask questions. That's enough. How come by the karpas, every single person has to eat from the karpas? But more than that, asked the Haggai Ismaimini, why do you have to have a kezayis? The shear of kezayis is generally reserved uh, for mitzvah achila, matzah, Midoray said, the Lela Seder, you have to have a Kezayis. Moror, Midorabanan, you have to have a Kezayis. That's where we find Kezayis, is by Mitzvah Sachilo. We generally don't find it by these things that are just to arouse the interest of the children. It's a tool, it's a prop. Why do you have to have 
a kezayis. And in fact, the Shulchan Aruch recommends, as is well known, specifically not to have a kezayis. Because if you'll have a kezayis of karpas, you'll enter into a sofek, a machlekes hapaiskim, whether or not you have to make a brach achrein on the karpas. The opinion of Taisvis is that magid is a hefzik between karpas and the benching at the end of Shulchan Aruch. So if you have a karpas, uh, have a kezayis of karpas, v'chayv in a brach achreina, it's not covered underneath the benching. However, the opinion of the Rashbam is, in the Psachim and of Kuf that no, that it is covered, there is no uh, hefzik that is created by Magid between karpas and Shulchan Aruch, and the kezayis of karpas would be covered underneath underneath the benching. So that's why the Shulchan Aruch recommends not to have a kezayis. You have a kezayis, you enter into Machlekes HaPoyskim. Should I make a bracha for an covered underneath benching? But not, so Shulchan Aruch recommends Davka not to have a kezayis. But how do we understand the opinion of the Rambam? That you have to have a kezayis for karpas. And apparently the Rambam was of the opinion that uh, even though the purpose of uh, the ka'ara is uh, only to arouse the children, and therefore it's enough with one for the Bala Seder. And perhaps the Magan Avram and Shulchan Aruch said there's no point even doing it anymore. It doesn't keep the children awake, so we could abandon the entire thing. However, when it comes to Karpas, the opinion of the Rambam seems to be that that becomes one of the mitzvahs achila of the night. Just like Matzah, Midoy Raisa, mitzvahs achila, Tavakizayas, Moror, Midorabanan, Karpas, became one of the mitzvahs achil of the night, and you have to dafka have a kezayis, and every single person has to have, has to participate in this karpas. It's not enough to have one ceremonial one by the, by the leader of the Seder. And this is confirmed by the opinion of the Rambam, that the karpas has to be dipped in charoises, specifically charoises, not in salt water. Why does the Rambam hold it has to be dipped in charoises? So the opinion of the Rambam later on in Pereches of Hilchus Matzah, is that not only is the moror dipped in charoises, but the matzah is dipped in charoises as well. So the rabbi disagrees. He says, Zehevel, uh, why should the matzah be dipped in charoises? Moror, he says, is dipped in charoises. What is the moror? Zechelitit. Uh, what is the charoises? Zechelitit. And the moror was vayimaru as chayehem bavodah kasha b'chaymer uvulveinim. So the moror reminds us of the bricks, so we dip the bricks in the charoises. But why do we have to dip uh, the matzah in the charoises? So again, apparently the opinion of the Rambam is that all of the mitzvahs achila of the night have to be dipped in charoises, not only moror, but matzah as well. And therefore, since the Rambam feels that karpas is also a mitzvah achila of the night, you have to have a kezayis, everyone has to do it. So therefore, it also, logical according to the Rambam, that it has to be dipped specifically in charoises, just like matzah, just like moror. It's not specific to moror. If a parenthetically writes uh, Sternbach and his mother the Muzmanim, since according to the Rambam, this is a third mitzvah of the night. We're used to having the matzah, the rice, or the morah, the rabbonon. But according to the Rambam, we also have karpas as a mitzvah of the night. Therefore, writes of Sternbach, he thinks you have to do haseba too. When you're eating the karpas, you have to do haseba, derecheros, just like the other mitzvah of the night. But let's just well, let's take a step back. What happened to the Gemara in all of these Rambams? What happened to the Gemara? The Gemara said, why do we do karpas? So how did this become a mitzvah sachil of the night that's similar to matzah, that's similar to moror, it's dipped in the charoises? How did this happen according to the Rambam? And I believe that we see from here that according to the Rambam, involving the children, making sure that they participate, making sure that they're interested, piquing their curiosity, making sure that they're engaged is not something that is tangential to the Seder. That's like it's a nice thing to do that too. 
No. For the Rambam, this is a critical, integral component of the Seder, so much so that it was uh, formalized. It was institutionalized. One stage of the Seder, the Karpas, is dedicated specifically to making sure that the children are engaged. And that's one of the mitzvahs achilo of the night. Is It's that integral to what we're trying to accomplish on the Leil HaSeder, that it has one stage of the Seder that's dedicated specifically to the formal seeing to it, that the children are engaged, that the children are encouraged uh, to ask questions. But from the fact that it's specific, we could have done that anywhere in the Seder, from the fact that it's done specifically at Karpas, I believe that the reason why it's so important, critical, integral to the Seder experience, to make sure that the children are asking questions, that they're involved, that they feel a part of what's going on, it's not just because, you know, the Pasuk tells us, the Pasuk focuses on the children, it's all focused on the children. It's not only because of that. That could have been done somewhere else in the, in the Haggadah. And it's not only because Paroi singled out the children. Of, uh, Paroi said, Paroi singled out the little kids. So therefore the little kids have to be involved. It's more than that. Why specifically in the Karpas? And I believe that it's because uh, Karpas, there's a deeper connection between Karpas and our uh, interest in making sure that the children are a part of what's going on. What is that deeper connection between Karpas and this formal obligation, Mitzvah according to the Rambam, to make sure that the children are engaged and are encouraged to ask questions at the Seder? I believe that perhaps we can get a glimpse into what this deeper connection is based upon from a comment of Rabbeinu Manoyach. Rabbeinu Manoyach writes his comments on the Rambam in Hukhaz Chametu Matzah that the first dipping that we have at the Leil HaSeder, of course, is the Karpas. We dip it into salt water. The Rambam dipped it into Haroises. Where is the first time we find a dipping in the Torah? It's in Parashas Vayesha, Vayit Beluas HaKutaynes Badom that they dipped the Ksoynes Pasim in the blood of a goat in order to Shvatim in order to convince their father Yaakov Avinu that Yosef had died. So writes Rabbeinu Manoach that the Karpas is not uh, is a remez or an illusion uh, to Mechiras Yosef. And in fact, the Beis Yosef quotes in the name of the Mordechai. That's why some Rishonim held that, uh, that it's not supposed to be dipped in salt water. That never appears in the Gemara. The Rishonim held, that, uh, some Rishonim held, that it was supposed to be dipped, he quotes in the name of the Mordechai, in wine. Or the Rambam held, it was supposed to be dipped in Charoises, which is mixed with red wine. Why is it dipping in something that's mixed with wine, or should say perhaps even in wine itself? Because that more closely resembles... Uh, the dam in which the Ksoynes Pasim was, uh, was dipped into. Well, where's the only place in Tanakh that we find the word Karpas? It's in Megillus Esther, where the Pasuk says, Chur Karpas Uscheles. Karpas is a type of wool. That's why Rashi writes in the Pasuk, Ksoynes Pasim, Kegoin, Karpas Uscheles. The Ksoynes Pasim was a type of wool, like Karpas. And Karpas represents a type of wool which we're dipping into, not salt water, but according to many Rishayim, into Charoises, which had red wine, or perhaps even into red wine itself, again, all as an allusion uh, to Mechiras Yosef. And even though the strongest allusions uh, to Mechiras Yosef are found in Karpas, there are other echoes of Mechiras Yosef throughout the Seder. Right after Karpas, we perform Yachatz. So the Mishnah Brura quotes that the some had the minig after you split the middle matzah, you take the afikayim and you put it in a bag, umafshila lachayrov. 
I would throw it over their shoulder. So Mishnah Bura says that it's Zeicher uh, Liyatiyas Mitzrayim, to remember the way that Klal Yisrael left Mitzrayim. <coughs> they took their extra matzahs, the Pesach says, and they threw it over their shoulder on their way out. They took the Shirayim. So so too we take the matzahs and we throw it over our shoulder. However, Shlomo Kluger in his Haggadah, the Yiriya Shlomo asks, he said, this is, sounds very premature. We haven't even started Magad yet. Already we're on our way out of Mitzrayim with the matzahs uh, over our back. The Rishonim ask a question, how come we don't have a bracha on this mitzvah of Sipur Yetzias Mitzrayim? How come we don't have a bracha on Magid? So we showing them a different suggestions. How come there's no bracha on the Magid? The Vujraham says, because we were Yaitse in Kiddush. We said, Zeichel Yetzias Mitzrayim. Or the Meiri says, because we were Yaitse in Davening. We said, Goal Yisrael. The Rosh says, because it's a mitzvah Shabalev. You could be Yaitse Sipur Yetzias Mitzrayim by simply thinking about it. We don't find the bracha on a mitzvah Shabalev. The Rashba is an interesting terror. The Rashba says, because. It's, uh, you could be yaitzi with anything, with a kol shahu. So what does that mean, you could be yaitzi with anything? Why can't you make a bracha on a little shear? Sipa Yitzis Mitzrayim, you could be yaitzi with anything. So why can't you make a bracha? So explains of Lev Gerbitz and his Haggadah, Rosh Hashiva from Gateshead, former Rosh Hashiva. So he explains that it's because, what bracha are you going to say? Asher kitshanu b'mitzvaysa v'tzivanu al sipa yitzis. Ah, once you said al sipa already, you're yaitzi. So he says you can't have a bracha that uh, you say the mitzvah in the bracha, we don't find such a concept. Okay, so different teirutim that are found in the Rishonim. The Shibole Haleket, though, writes, there is a bracha on Magid. There is a bracha on Sipur Yitzhiyah's Mitzrayim. Where is it found? All the way at the end of Magid, Asher Go'alonu V'Go'al Savaysenu. We're asked of Sam Seifer, if there's a bracha on Magid, make it at the beginning. So Sam Seifer explains in his Haggadah that we can't make it at the beginning, because we're still Goyim. Mitchila, we're Goyim at the beginning of the Seder. The Gemara says in Masech Tzachim that a ger, when he uh, goes to the mikvah, he doesn't make the bracha al tefillah uh, before he goes into the mikvah. Gavra ikasi lochasi. He's not Jewish. He can't make the bracha. When does he make the bracha? After the tefillah. So too says of Sam Seifer, before the tefillah, we're not Jewish. We're only Jewish. We only become Jewish at the end of Magid. That's when we make the bracha on the Sipur Yitzis Mitzrayim. So Esh of Shlomo Kluger, how then can we make uh, have a minute to take the matzah, throw it over our shoulder. Zecher, the Yetzirah Mitzrayim. We haven't even started the Magad already. We're walking out with our matzahs. Rather, explains to Shlomo Kluger, this is not a reference, uh, an allusion to the way they left Mitzrayim. It's rather an allusion, a further allusion to Mechiras Yosef. Because the Gemara says in Mesech Tzachem and Daf Samachem Mibbez that after a person shechs his carbon Pesach, he's noisim pischoi ba'oiroi, he puts the carbon Pesach in its skin, umafshila lachayrof. He throws it over his shoulder. And Ezra, Elish like Tayios. What are Tayios? says Rashi. Derech Seichrim Yishma'elim. Like the Arab salesmen that they take their merchandise and they throw it over their shoulder. So, so too says the Shlomo Kluger, how did Yosef get taken down to Mitzrayim by the Yishma'elim? Presumably, they carried him like they carried merchandise. So they took him. They threw him over their shoulders. So he said, that's why we begin. Right after Karpats, an allusion to Mechiras Yosef, we have uh, Yachatz as well, where we take the half of Matzah, the Afikarim, and put it in a bag, throw it over our shoulder, again as a reference, not to the way they left Mitzrayim, but rather to Mechiras Yosef. We find elsewhere in the Haggadah. The Dawud Kaisis, Rashi writes, in Psachim and Afsadi Tesame Beis, that the Dawud Kaisis, the reason why we have four kaisas is because of the Dalu the shyness of Geula. However, Rashi writes in Masech the Psachim and Daf Kuf Chesamid Aleph that the reason why we have four kaisas at the Leila Seder is from the pasuk by the dream of the Saramashkim, 
where the Pasuk says, V'kais paroi biyadi, V'ekach es ha'avonim ve'eschoit al-isom el-kais paroi, two kaises, V'etin es ha'kais al-kaf paroi. There's only three. There's a fourth for Birch Zamoz in Rashi says, okay? So the fourth Birch Zamoz is always tied up. So we have the three kaises that are not, or the four kaises are not, because of the Dal Shainus of Gulda Vaitsi Vital Vigalta Vakahti, it's rather because of the dream of the Sarhamashim. And again, this fits in with the theme that we find allusions throughout the Seder to Mechiros Yosef. Why do we have so many allusions to Mechiros Yosef? So Rabbeinu Manoach explains based on the Gemara in Shabbos and Daf Yudom Abbas. The Gemara tells us that the Oilam Ayak Al Yashana Odam Bain Minabanim, a person should never show favoritism to any one of his children. Because it's only because Yaakov Avinu showed favoritism to Yosef that he gave him the Ksenus Pasim, which the Gemara says was worth two Siloim. Because of that Ksenus Pasim that he gave him that was worth two Siloim, that aroused the jealousy of the Shvatim. says the Gemara that we ended up in Mitzrayim. It was all because of Mechiris Yosef. So that's how we ended up in Mitzrayim in the first place. So that's why before Magid, the beginning, the outset of the Seder, we have Karpas already, it's... Uh, it's uh, Urchatz, Karpas, Yachatz, all related, perhaps, uh, to Mechiros Yosef. And in fact, because that's how we ended up in Mitzrayim in the first place. Because uh, Yaakov Avinu showed favoritism to Yosef, and then they sold Yosef down to Mitzrayim, and that's uh, how we ended up there, and that's appropriate, therefore, to begin with before, uh, before we, uh, we uh, move forward into Magid. But even at the end of the Seder, we find an allusion as well to Mechiros Yosef. We conclude the Seder with the uh, mystical, confusing song of the Chad Gadya. Such a holy night to con- conclude with like a Dr. Seuss book. I mean, uh, <laughs> how is this an appropriate way to conclude the Chad Gadya, to conclude the, the Seder? So explains the Vashar Wise that the Chad Gadya as well is, a, is an allusion to Mechiras Yosef. Who is the Chad Gadya? The one goat that's left all alone? That's Yosef. Whose Ksenis Pasim was dipped in the blood of a goat. And Dizvan Abba Bisrei Zuzeh, he was sold by his father, not for two Zuzim, but because of the Ksenis Pasim that he gave him that was worth two Siloim. So it represents the Chad Gadya is Yosef, who was sold by his father Yaakov for two Siloim because of the Ksenis Pasim. Why twice Chad Gadya? Chad Gadya, Chad Gadya. Why is it twice? It says of Asher Wise, because why did Yaakov Avinu deserve to be tricked in this way? That his uh, son's Ksenis Pasim should be dipped in the blood of a goat and then it should be given to him, and he should be tricked, because what did Yaakov Avinu do? He tricked his own father. How did he trick his own father? By putting on the skins of a goat. So, Chad Gadya, you tricked your father with a goat. So, says of Asher Wise, Yaakov Avinu was also tricked with a goat, and the Ksenis Pasim was dipped in the blood of a goat. And continues down this theme of Achan Wasserman writes in the Kovitz Mamorim. He says, why is it that uh, for almost a thousand years now, since the 12th century, Claudius has been suffering from a blood libel? This uh, terrible uh, rumor that we somehow mix uh, matzahs together with the blood of human beings. It says of Ochanan that goes against the usual rules of rumors. The Gemara says in Mesech the Saitan, that you can't have a sheker, a lie that's so pervasive that persists for a long time unless there's some measure of truth to it. There's got to be some, if there's smoke, then there must be a little fire. Says of Ochanan, there's an exception to that rule. And that is the blood libel. It's totally ridiculous. No basis at all. In fact, there's nothing perhaps that's more detested by the Torah. There are more Yisurim dedicated in the Torah than to the Yisur of Dam. So how could it be that this <laughs> lie has persisted for so long since the 12th century? How could it be? So 
So Raisa B'chanan in the Kovitz Mamorim that this is a punishment for the Mechiros Yosef. Since we sinned, the Shvatim sinned, by dipping the Xenus Pasim in the blood of the goat and tricking their father, because of that we suffer from the, from the, uh, from the blood libel. Why is it only crop up now, you know, pop up now, Pesach time, no one ever said, hopefully no one will say, that we drink blood in the sukkah or that there's uh, blood going on in uh, Rosh Hashanah. Why is it only Pesach time? So perhaps we could add to Rabbi Hanan that that's because we ended up in Mitzrayim in the first place because of Mechiros Yosef. And if, if this is a punishment because of Mechiros Yosef, so then uh, perhaps we understand now why it comes up uh, specifically at Pesach time. So the whole purpose... The karpas, which alludes, uh, is an allusion uh, to the Mechiras Yosef. But even though we find uh, overtones of Mechiras Yosef throughout the Haggadah, it's most poignantly, it's most strongly found uh, within the karpas. And therefore, perhaps, there is some connection between the fact that karpas is a strong allusion to Mechiras Yosef, to the fact that karpas is the time that, according to the Rambam, we've dedicated specifically that stage in the Seder, uh, to encouraging the children uh, to participate. Because from the Mechiras Yosef, perhaps we learned that we cannot let the children play by themselves. They can't be ignored at the Seder. Vaviv, Shamaris, Hadavar, Yaakovavinu had one eye on the children, but it didn't work out. They didn't play nicely. The results are catastrophic, tragic. We suffered from them, perhaps even out of Yom But perhaps we learned... For the Mechiras Yosef, not only a lesson in how to supervise our children, they can't be at the kids' table. At the Lel HaSeder, to learn the lesson from Mechiras Yosef, from Yaakov Avinu, that we have to more closely monitor the children. But perhaps we learned from the Mechiras Yosef that uh, in order to properly have the Seder experience, which dates back already to Mechiras Yosef, that's how we ended up in Mitzrayim. Perhaps we learned from here that uh, to have a proper Seder experience, we need the participation, we need the inclusion of every single person at the table. Even the little children, or perhaps specifically the little children, all have to be included in what's, uh, what's going on at the Seder. The Pasuk tells us in Parashas Vayeshev that when Shvatim informed Yaakov Avinu that Yosef had been killed by Yakumu Kobana v'chobanayisav l'nachamay that all of his children... Uh, gathered around him in order to console him. But he refused to be consoled. So asked the Archaim HaKadosh, we mentioned this on Shabbos, asked the Archaim HaKadosh, what did they say to him? You know, we'd like to know. We all unfortunately find ourselves in such tragic circumstances that we have to be Menachem Ovo. Someone loses a child, Nebuch, what do you say? What do they say? Didn't work, but we'd like to know what they said. So Chaim HaKadosh says they said nothing. All they did was they showed a, a demonstration of solidarity, of unity. Look at all of us that are here. In fact, Chaim HaKadosh says, who was Benaisov? He only had Dina. Who were the other daughters? It was his daughter-in-laws. Oh. So it says Chaim HaKadosh, that's the year. Yeah. All the daughter-in-laws to come, that itself is a, you know, is a feat in itself. So everyone came to show Yaakov Avinu, look at us, we're together by Ahtos, look at this beautiful family you have. He said, be consoled. And Yaakov Avinu is Vayimoyim Nachem. He refuses to be consoled. Why does he refuse to be consoled? Because he said, how can I be happy when Yosef, one of you is not here, even if one of you is not here, he can't have a Nechama. Even though he had such a beautiful family, we have to focus on our brachas, but when Yosef wasn't there, that one person, he wasn't able to have Nechama. And the other Shvatim failed to recognize 
the significance of every single individual yachid. They failed to recognize the significance of not having Yosef there. They didn't see why he couldn't receive an achama. And therefore, perhaps specifically, in order to learn the lesson of Mechiros Yosef, to rectify that mistake that the Shvatim made, they failed to recognize how, why can't you go on without Yosef? Therefore, at the Seder, perhaps specifically at Karpas, which is an allusion to Mechiros Yosef, we Davka emphasize that we need the participation of everyone. We have to include everyone at the Seder, even the little children who are normally relegated to a different part of the house. It comes the Lela Seder, everybody has to have a seat at the table. There's even a specific section of the Haggadah that's dedicated, according to the Rambam, it's a mitzvah achil of the night, dedicated specifically uh, to making sure that the children are involved. In fact, even the Russia has a place at the Seder. The Rambam, it's fascinating, but the Rambam in Perek Zayin of Hilchus Chamet when he explains the mitzvah, the Rambam says you have to explain each child according to his level of understanding. So the Rambam says, even if they don't ask, so the Shaino Yodeo Lishol, you have to prompt him to ask. And then the Rambam says, and then the, the Tam, or what the Rambam calls the Tipesh, an unpolitically correct, uh, that's from the Yushalmi. The Yushalmi has Tipesh, the Bavli has Tam. And the Rambam quotes Tipesh. The Paradis Yosef writes in his Haggadah, there's a beautiful commentary on Chumash, but he also has a Haggadah. So the Paradis Yosef writes that he doesn't think there's a contradiction, it's two different stages of the Seder. At the beginning, you're entitled to come as a Tam. If you leave a Tam, then you're a Tipesh. That's why you have both. So the Rambam says you have to explain to the Tam, you have to explain to the Tipesh, which according to the wrong understanding, and then you have to explain to the Chacham too. But he leaves out, in Paragzayin, Halachabez, go look it up, he leaves out the Russia. There is no mentioning of the fact that you have to explain Sipri Yitzhiya's Mitzrayim to the Russia. And if you are careful and you're uh, paying attention to the language of the Haggadah, you'll notice we never address the Russia. The Russia asks his question, and we don't respond to him. What do we say? Who did this for me on my way out of Mitzrayim? Leave Eloi for me, not for him. <coughs> so who are we talking to? Leave Eloi to me, but not to him. Ask the girl, it should have been Leave Eloi me and not to you. Says the girl, we're not talking to the Rosh, we're talking to the Shani Yadeh Elisho. He's in danger over here of being affected. So we say to Leave Eloi don't look at the Rosh, don't be impressed. If he would have been there, he would not have been redeemed. But we never address the Russia. We ignore him. Why do we ignore? Why do we ignore the Russia? So Meshachachma has a beautiful explanation. Meshachachma notes that all of the uh, psukim that relate to the question of the, the three bottom that ask questions, uh, the Tam, the Russia, and the Chacham. So the difference in the language of the pasuk by the Russia is that as opposed to that of the Tam and the Chacham. Both the Tam and the Chacham say ki when your son will ask you tomorrow, same. So they ask questions. However, the Russia doesn't ask a question. The Russia says, Ki He says to you tomorrow, saying. He's making a statement. He's making a, a protest. So therefore, says the Meshachachma, you want to make a statement, make all your statements. But he asks no questions. So therefore, he doesn't get a response. It's an old joke. There's only a few times a year you could say it. There was once a Rav, <coughs> who uh, comes Shabbos Agolo. He didn't speak the whole year. So he uh, comes two times a year. He's supposed to speak. So Shabbos Shuvah, Shabbos Agolo. So he uh, 
comes Shabbos Hagadol, they finished in the Kriya Satira, Haftira. It comes time to speak, and he's not going up. Everyone's sitting down, they're looking around. Why isn't he going up? So uh, they're waiting and waiting and waiting. He sees, they're all looking at him. So finally, after a long while, he goes up. And he says, The Gemara says in Mesechtas Psachim, that Shoyalim Vidarshin Behilchas HaPesach Kaidim HaPesach Shloishim Yon. He's supposed to be Shoyal Vidarish in the Halachas HaPesach before Pesach 30 days. So said, uh, the Rav said, You didn't ask any questions. No one here asked him questions in Hilchas Pesach, so you were not Shoyal, so I'm not going to be Darish. He said, No one had any questions in Hilchas Pesach, so he didn't feel the need to Darshan either. That's Shabbos Hagadol jokes. Anyway, <laughs> the Russia we don't address at the Seder. And in fact, uh, we're a little bit, uh, it's dangerous to have him there. What is the first of the Arbabanim? The first of the Arbabanim is the Chacham. We would have expected the opposite of a Russia, as we know it. The opposite Tzaddik. So many Mepharshim and the Haggadah ask, why is he called the Chacham? Why not a Tzaddik? So Satmar Rebbe explains in his Haggadah, in the Divrei Yoyo, that it's because he's standing right next to the Rosha. He's uh, sitting right next to him. You can't be a tzaddik. You're a tzaddik, you're naive, he'll get swept in, he'll get uh, taken over by the, by the Rosha. He's got to be a chacham. He has to be shrewd. Uh, he has to be wise. That's why Satmar Rebbe says that he's second. Why does he deserve to get second billing over here, the Rosha? If anything, he should be at the end. Why would we have to give him second? So some say, because there's a mile in the Rosha. It's a beautiful shot. Because at least the Rosha is not indifferent. He's, in, he's arguing. That's sometimes a good thing. At least he's arguing. Shani Yadeh Elisha is unengaged. He doesn't care enough. He's indifferent. That's worse sometimes. So Russia is second because at least he's engaged. However, the Satmar Rebbe writes, no, he should have been at the end. You know why he's second? We can't put him at the end. Shani Yadeh gets swept up by the Russia. So we have to put him next to the Chacham in order so that he shouldn't get, uh, get swept up. Continues the Satmar Rebbe, that's perhaps why before Magid we have Yachatz. We split the middle matzah, take half of it, put it away for an apikaim. Why do we remove half of the middle matzah? It's interesting, parenthetically, the Rambam didn't have yachatz here. The Rambam has yachatz before moitzi matzah, which sounds more appropriate. The whole reason we split the middle matzah is because lechem oini, ma oni beprusa, afkam beprusa, and oni is supposed to have a broken matzah, so too we have to fulfill our mitzvah, moitzi matzah, with a broken matzah. There's another drosha, lechem oini, lechem sha'oini, malav dvarim harbe. You have to have the matzah exposed by the seh, by the magid, because it's supposed to be the bread of conversation, not only the bread of poverty. But the Ramam understood these two things were separate. There's the lechem sha'oini, malav dvarim harbe, that's a whole matzah, and lechem oini, the half matzah, is only by mount matzah, he split the matzah. We understand, the Shulchan Aruch understood, that uh, one informs the other. The lechem oini, sha'oini, malav dvarim harbe, should be the lechem oini, that's more oni v'prusa, afkam v'prusa. So we do yachatz before magid. Why do we separate a little bit from the matzah before magid? So Samir Rebbe explains, because the three matzahs, as we know, refer to the three different denominations within Klal Yisrael. We have the Koyen, uh, Levi, and the Yisrael. represents Achtos. So says the Samir Rebbe, even though everybody comes together by Achtos before magid, there's a Russia here. So he says we have to take the Russia out and separate him from everybody else. We have to take the Apikorsis, the Kvira, leave it at the door, it cannot be a part of what's going on over here. He's, he's here, but he's got to be separate. It cannot be together. We mentioned a similar vart on Sukkis. The Medrash tells us, famous Medrash, that the Dalit Minim correspond to the four different uh, types of Jews. You have the Arava, which is Ein Tam, Ein Bereach, has no Taira, has no mitzvahs. Then we have the Lulav, that has Tam, it produces dates, has fruit, has Tam, but no Reach, no scent. Then you have the Hadas, which is Reach, but no Tam. Each one has uh, either Torah or Mitzvahs, but not both. 
And the Yasser, he gets Yezbo Tam Yezbo Reach. It has Torah and it has Mitzvahs. Oh, and they all come together, says the Medrash, for the purpose of performing a Mitzvah of Dalaminim. However, the Tolna Rebbe notes in the Sefer Hemi Nachamuni, but one minute, they're not all together. The Esrik is in a separate hand. The other three Minim are in one hand, the Esrik is in a separate hand. Says the Tolna Rebbe, come together for the Mitzvah, but uh, there's got to be some distinction over here. There has to be some, uh, some distance. Because it's dangerous to have the Russia there. So we have the Russia, but Yachatz. We, we, uh, we take him out. We separate him a little bit before, uh, before the Haggadah. He can't be a, a part of everything else. So why is he there? No one's talking to him. You know, he's, uh, he's there. He's speaking. We're, we're, you know, he's dangerous. We separate him a little bit. So why is the Russia there? Why is the Russia there at all? So explains in the Siva Shalom, in his comments on Pesach, that that's why we preface... We proceed the part, the part of the Haggadah that addresses the Arba Banim with Keneged Arba Banim Dibra Taira. The Taira addresses four different children. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu addressed the Russia. He taught us that comes the Leil HaSeder, we have to include everybody, even the Russia. And that's why before Keneged Arba Banim Dibra Taira, we have Baruch HaMokah and Baruch Hu, Baruch Hanas and Taira Le'Alma Yisrael, Baruch Hu, four Baruchs. We bless the Rebani Shalalim that he taught us that we have to have uh, unconditional love for the Russia. We have to uh, accept him, even though we hope he changes, we hope he improves, but ultimately we have to accept him at the level of He has to be here. We don't have to respond to him, but he has to be here. Even that part of that yachat, that middle matzah that we separated, and we took it away, we removed him from the group. What do we do with Afi Kaiman? Beautiful. What do we do with Afi Kaiman? Explains the Sabbath. What do you do with it? You take it, you put it in a bag, you put it in your shirt. You have to hug it. You have to embrace it. And then comes the end of the Seder. What do we do? The climax of the Seder, we celebrate with the Afi Kaiman. We have to allow the Russia to, you know, to feel a part of what's going on. Why are we so inclusive? Come the Leila Seder. So I believe, again, this is to learn the lesson from the Mechiras Yosef. That the Shvatim didn't understand the importance, the significance of every individual, of everyone's participation. Comes the Leila Seder. We ended up in Mitzrayim in the first place because of Mechir Yosef. So we, in order to learn that lesson, we emphasize including everyone at the Leil HaSeder, including the children, including even perhaps the Rishoyim. After the section of the Haggadah, it deals with the Arab Abanim, we raise our kaisis, we say, So Svasemes explains in that part of the Haggadah, he says, In every generation, without fail, they're coming to kill us. Why? Because we're not together. We're not ba'achdos. That bilvad. Because of that, says the Sfasemes, we're not together ba'achdos to the proper degree. That's why, unfortunately, they're right they fuss in every generation. And that's one of the lessons that we have to learn from the Mechiras Yosef, perhaps from the Karpas, I believe that this uh, relates, in fact, not only to the Karpas, but to all of the Seder. But perhaps there's one other lesson that we're meant to learn from the illusion of Mechiras Yosef and the fact that it's found in the Karpas specifically before we begin Magid. Because even though the Shvatim were clearly at fault, the Shvatim uh, didn't appreciate the value of Yosef and they sold him, but Lamaisa, Yosef instigated them. Yosef spoke Lush and Hara about their brothers. And that's how we ended up in Mitzrayim in the first place. 
was because of the Aver of Lashon Hara. Rice the Marva Shemesh, Paroi, is a conjugation of two words, of Pera. We uh, ended up underneath, uh, in servitude, to Paroi, to Pera, because of the Lashon Hara that uh, Yosef spoke about his brothers. Because Vayavah Yosef is Tiba Samroh Avihem. And in what Zechus were we redeemed from Mitzrayim? So the Medrash says, famous Medrash, B'Zechus, Dalet Varm, and fourth things, we were redeemed from Mitzrayim, Shalashinu HaShemam, Shalashinu HaShemim, Shalashinu HaMabusham, those are the famous three. But the fourth varies based on your, uh, based on the different Midrashim. Some say in the Zechus of Gili Arayas, but the Medrash also says, one version of the Medrash, in the Zechus of Lashon Hara, that they were Nizhar in Lashon Hara, in Mitzrayim, and that's the Chos we were redeemed. That's why the Ariha Kodesh writes in the Sefer Kavanos that Pesach is a conjugation also of two words. Of Pesach, that is because they spoke properly, that's why we were redeemed uh, from Mitzrayim. And we come to the Lela Seder, we're so accustomed to speaking Lashon Hara, to speaking negatively, to speaking in a damaging fashion about one another. So before we even begin Magid, what do we do? We have Karpas. Which reminds of the Mechiras Yosef, this is how we ended up here in this place in the, you know, to begin with, is because of Ayyavah Yosef is Iba Summer Alavihem. So we have Karpas, which the Svar Makhdoshim tell us is a Rosh Tevas, Klau, Rishoin, Pesisoim. The first rule is keep your mouth shut. I always say that, that's for the Divrei Torah too. Yachatz, then take half the Divrei Torah you want to say at the Seder, and that's what you should say. But Klau, Rishoin, Pesisoim really relates to Lashon Hara that we have to remind ourselves before we begin Magid, this is how we ended up here in the first place, and to uh, be machazik ourselves not to speak Lashon Hara. And through the Magid, that's how we are metaher our Lashon. It's fascinating. Magid begins with Holachma. The Svar Matloshim note, Holachma is Begematria 85, Begematria Pet. This teaches us how to use our mouth. But even more than that, the Magid note, uh, begins with what letter? Holachma is not really part of Magid. How does Magid begin? With a mem, manishtana. How does it conclude? Lemainoi moyim. With a mem, an end of mem. A mem sesuma. Begins with a mem psucha and concludes with a mem sesuma. Just like Tarshabal Peh. Tarshabal Peh, the first Mishnah Mesechta's Brachas is May Emasai, Karinas Hashma. Begins with a mem psucha. And how does Tarshabal Peh conclude? With a mem sesuma. Hashem Yivarech, Asamu Yisrael Vashalom. Why does it conclude with a mem sesuma and begin with a mem psucha? So perhaps it's because the Pasuk tells us, by Torah v'dibarta bom, you should speak in it, v'loi v'dvar macherim. When we learn Torah, we can open our mouths. Now we're in safe territory. Before then, we keep our mouths closed. As we leave the base madrash, close your mouth. Be careful about what you say. The mem represents our koyach of speech, because the mem is one of those letters that's articulated only with the lips. There's four letters. There's the base, the vav, the mem, and the pei. Boom. So the mem... Because men is made with the lips that corresponds, represents our koyach of speech. So when it comes to Tarsha Baal we open our mouths. Me'emasai. When we leave the base matters, Hashem Yibarach Hasam Yisrael Ba'Shalom. How do we fix our koyach of speech? We only got to Mitzrayim in the first place because of Lashon Hara, Me'emanishtana. We open up our mouths. And how do we conclude it? We conclude it with Moyim by closing our mouths as we leave the city. Being careful in how we use our koyach of speech. That's why perhaps we emphasize so much, kol hamar b'lesapeh, you want to go on and on, the lel ha-seder, talk all you want, lechem sha'enam u'avdvam harbeh, because this is the time, this is the time that we're supposed to be matar, our, uh, our method of speech. How we, uh, how we speak, to be careful, to be nizar, in that damaging speech of Lashon Hara. In fact, how do we address the she'enayudeh alishol? She'enayudeh alishol doesn't ask any question. 
So what do we say to him? What do we say to him in the Haggadah? At Pesach Loi. So you should open up for him. So all the Mepharshim ask, it's Belashon Ekeva. Why is it At Pesach Loi? It should be Belashon Atah Pesach Loi. The Bala Seder, we presume, is a man. So it should be Atah Pesach Loi. <coughs> so it's a very unsatisfying technical answer, which is, there's another Gears of the Haggadah. The other Gears of the Haggadah says, At Pesach Lei. Which means it's in Aramaic, not in Hebrew. So in Aramaic, in Aramaic there is no Atah. It's only At. So that's why it's At, not Atah. However, that's not, not, not good for the Seder. Not satisfying. But the Chsam Seifer explains that the reason why it's At, Pesach Lei, is based on the Gemara Mesefta's Kiddushin. But the Gemara tells him Mesefta's Kiddushin, and Daphne Mtesim Ibeis, that Asara Kabim, Sicha Yardali Yaram. There were ten measures of speech uh, that descended to this world, Tisha Natu Lanashim. The woman took nine kabim of, uh, of speech. In fact, some studies say, it's not, again, politically correct, I hope you can say it over here, but uh, that uh, some studies say it's now been uh, disputed by other studies, that the average woman speaks in a day 20,000 words. The average man, 7,000. Three to one. The Gemara says it's nine to one, but okay. Three to one is close enough. So comes the Lela Seder, says the Chsam Seifer, we have to make ourselves into women. Now is the time, Magad is the time to be Matara Aloshan. Speak as much as you want when it comes to Sipa Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. At, we have to make ourselves Bebechinas uh, Nekeva, like a woman, to use the Kayach of speech during this, uh, during this section of the Haggadah in order to be Matara our Kayach of speech. In fact, the Divrei Chaim says At doesn't mean Beloshan Nekeva, it means from Aleph to Tuf. The entire lexicon, the entire vocabulary. Our entire dictionary, from Aleph to Taf, that's what we should use for the mitzvah of, uh, of Sipa Yitzias Mitzrayim. They continue on that in this time of the year, specifically, is Mesugal to be Matar, our Koyach of speech, Nisan, is Begamatria 270, which is twice the Gematria of Peh, Peh is 85, <coughs> 2 times 85 is 270, uh, because during this time of the year we have a. Huh? 170. Nisan is 170. Nisan is 170, Peh is 2 times, thank you. And because this time of the year we have a unique kayach to be metahar our loshen. In fact, the way we speak is the whole difference between the tzaddik and the rosha. Everyone knows, says in the Svar Maktoshim, that the gematria of Russia is 570. The gematria, what do we say to the rosha? Av hakeyashinov. You're supposed to hit him in the teeth. We get violent at the, you know, the way I say that. Figurative, obviously. But we hit him in the teeth. What does it mean to hit him in the teeth? So it means to subtract the gematria of Shinov. Shinov is the gematria of 366. If you subtract 366 from 570, so you get the gematria of 204, that's tzaddik. The significance of that is, is that the way we speak is the whole difference between the Russian and the tzaddik. How a person speaks, he could either make himself into a Russian, or the way that he speaks, can make himself into a tzaddik. And the reason why this is emphasized specifically before Magid at Karpas is to remember the lesson from Mechiras Yosef. This is how we ended up in the first place, because we didn't use our kayach of speech properly, and therefore before Magid, we have uh, Karpas to remind us, use our speech now. Uh, use our speech now during Magid to be matahar ourselves in the way that we speak from the whole year. Not to speak in a damaging fashion, a harmful fashion, a negative fashion, but rather to use it for Dvarim, uh, for Divrei Kedusha. That's what we should use our speech for. And that comes right before Moitzi Matzah. Why does this come right before Moitzi Matzah? So it could be because the Chsam Seifer tells us that even though at a certain point in history we had many mitzvahs achilah, we had uh, carbones, there were many things we had to eat. 
Now, Nebuch, all we're left with, the only mitzvah that we have is matzah. That's the entire, that's the only mitzvah the entire year. Obviously, the cheesecake and shuas, but that's not the same way. But the only mitzvah we have, midday raisa, is matzah. The only one. And the Pasuk tells us in Parashat Sav, Matzois Teochel B'makoyim Kadosh. The Matzos have to be eaten in a Mokom Kadosh. Raisa Tifera Shlomo, one of the Talmidim from the Baal Shem Tev, that that means where is Matzah eaten? Not only should our homes be Kadosh, but our mouths have to be Kadosh. So therefore, before we have Matzah, the only Mitzah we have the whole year, Matzois Teochel B'makoyim Kadosh, we have to be Metahir our pet. And Amir Tzashem, if we keep in mind these in Yonim of the Mechiras Yosef, to come together by Achtos at the Lel HaSeder to make sure everyone is included, not to think that anyone is negligible or uh, not critical. Everyone is critical at the Lel HaSeder, the children, the Rishon, everyone. And also to be Metair, our Loshon, and Amir Tzashem, will be Zechah not only to have our mouths be a Makam Kaddish, but our homes should be a Makam Kaddish. We should be Zechah to all the Gevaldiga and Yanim of each one of the 15 <laughs> steps of the Seder. And Amir Tzashem will be Zechah not only to the 15 steps of the Seder, but Amir Tzashem to, to the Gula Asida to be able to walk up the 15 steps that we talk into the Mesa Migdosh with the Bios Gayal Tzedek from Herbi Amen. Amen. Beautiful. Beautiful. Beautiful.